The Third Magpie by M.S. Clements Read by Hannah Timms Episode 15 Deadly Deception Which is the deadliest of weapons? A knife silently cutting through the veins of life or a bullet that shatters flesh and bones. Armaments increase in size, in power and in efficiency. Yet we are all capable of wielding deception with cold dispassion. Those soul-wrecking deeds masquerading with inacceptable excuses in order to present Machiavelli's gift. Sophie. Sophie watched him while she cooked. He was almost relaxed. His foot was motionless and there was no clicking of his pen. Finn was still using the guest room, but at least he was sleeping. There had been fewer early morning trips to the steamer chair under the apple trees. He looked up from his marking, smiling at her. Dinner smells good. What are you making? he asked. She was surprised. It's a roast vegetable risotto. His reluctance to eat properly and her frustrated nagging had led to multiple quarrels. Whatever the reason for the improved mood and appetite, Sophie was grateful. It certainly made the prospect of going away simpler. She'd been racking her brain as to what to do, even speaking to George. In his usual affable way, he offered his spare room for Finn. My wife is a fine cook, George had said, rubbing his larger-than-average tummy. You won't recognise him by the time you return. Although a kind offer, it was not going to work. She would have to trust him. Looking at her husband now, her main worry cleared from her mind. You remember I'll be away next week, she said. I'm going to stay at Mum and Dad's while I'm on the course. It's only three nights and I'll be back Friday afternoon. Lucky you. Yes, it's in my diary and I'm tutoring on those nights, so... There'll be no time to miss you. He was fine. She was sure of it. But it did no harm to be extra cautious. Would you mind if George pops his head in before he goes off duty? He could text me your home safe and sound. You know how much I worry about your journey home. He laughed, nodding his head. Not a problem. You'll need to leave plenty of cake. Sophie kissed his cheek. She had made the right decision and he was definitely better. Sophie entered the cavernous reception room along with all the other delegates on various training courses. She knew Court Farm well, its grounds, her private playground before the guards occupied its hedgerows. 
However, the interior of the house remained a mystery to her. She marvelled at the ornate ceiling in the former ballroom, now a bland cafeteria, and imagined the startling colours of elegantly dressed revellers with their flirtatious commentary. All distant echoes lost among the fine details of the plasterwork, high above the sullen heads of the uniformed medics. The orientation desk issued Sophie with her badge and the programme for the two-day course. An elderly officer looked her up and down, then uttered a disapproving huff as he handed her her welcome pack. Sophie returned the man's scowl with a bright, Thank you, and pinned her name tag onto her blouse. Content with her minor rebellion, she turned to leave, only to find her exit blocked by the arm of a young guardsman. His uniform bore the rod of Asclepius across his breast pocket, clearly denoting the medical corps. Sophie recoiled with memories of the guards at the treatment centre. He looked so similar to the one who had accompanied Finn into interview room four. The same green uniform, the same young face that had smirked at her husband's discomfort and that mop of ginger hair. It couldn't be the same guard, could it? Sophie averted her face and attempted to squeeze past him. Well, hello, Miss Smith, he said, blocking her way. Shocked at hearing her name, she looked up and saw his eyes were firmly fixed on the breast pocket name badge. He lifted his face and winked. Those badges are a godsend, aren't they? His behaviour spoke of a boy hoping to be the expert lover of his imagination. Sophie grimaced, pushing against the arm that was blocking her escape. He did not budge. Wow, you're the first young female I've come across since Christmas. And the other one was my sister. That's only because no one else will have her. <laughs> he chuckled at his own joke. Sophie avoided eye contact, noting instead his lapel badge, thinking to beat him at his own game. She read his name, Ryan Cooper, then shuddered at his job title, Medical Officer Trainee. The unwelcome image of Officer Enright filled her head. After a weak smile in polite response to his joke, she asked for directions to room 4C. Information like that comes at a price. Coffee? He said. It's okay, I'll ask someone else. Sophie was in no mood to continue his game. Don't be like that. I'm heading that way. I have a seminar in room 4F. We're upstairs and along the West Wing corridor. Come on, we can talk en route. He snatched up his bag, putting his arm round Sophie, guiding her towards the staircase. So, what are you here for? Sophie shuffled her shoulders, trying to release herself. Labour, birth without pain. Ryan snorted a laugh. You don't half-eyed that baby bump well. When Sophie failed to respond to his humour, a disappointed Ryan prodded her further, asking, Is that possible? I mean, what do they do, hypnotise them? He chuckled again. Drug-free birth is preferable for both mother and baby, and that way we only use chemical pain relief on those who really need it, said Sophie, parroting the official health ministry proclamations. And we both know who that'll be, don't we? He elbowed Sophie in the ribs. Can't have fine society ladies in pain, can we? <laughs> Once they reached room 4C, Sophie politely thanked him and opened the door with a sense of relief only to hear his voice calling back at her. So, I'll look out for you at lunch then, OK? 
Although Sophie hoped Ryan would be fully engaged with some other young nurse, it was pretty unlikely given the dining room was filled with young men and mature women. She was the youngest female in the room by a considerable distance. She wondered what would happen to her profession now fathers were being encouraged to marry off their daughters straight from school. Further education for New Albany's girls was not an economic priority, with government ministers and commentators advocating reallocation of the country's limited resources. Sophie found a table by an old-fashioned bookcase, its shelves devoid of its previous occupants. Perhaps they were held in store somewhere, waiting for the day when they might be savoured once more. She sighed. It was more likely they were fuel for stoves in cold winter. Why save books deemed dangerous to civil obedience? Lost in gourmet dreams, she toyed with the institutional meal of undefined origin jumping when she felt a sharp tapping on her shoulder. Ryan had found her. Hello again. I thought it was you hiding in the corner. Without asking, he plonked himself down onto the chair next to her. What you got there? Curry? Mm, not me. I'm a burger kind of guy. He began munching on his burger. So, will it work? He asked his open mouth of bread and pickle on full display. Sophie was confused. What? Drug-free labour, you know. Will it work? She laughed. Yes, but not pain-free, if I remember correctly. Ryan stopped chewing and swallowed. Like an inquisitor caught upon an unexpected detail, his eyes dropped down to her left hand and his forehead furrowed with slow thought. There on her fourth finger sat a plain gold band, triggering the starting pistol to send his mental cogs whirring. You married then? How come you're here if you're married? That's not allowed. Sophie prickled at his words. Not that it's any of your business, but we married before the marriage and work regulation came in. It is not retrospective, so I continue in the job that I enjoy. I plan to stop once we have children. That hasn't happened yet. Sounds like you're with someone who can't get the job done. Maybe I can help you out if you're nice to me. Grinning with the opportunity, he offered up another of his mirror-practised winks. Sophie put down her cutlery and collected her things, intent on sending him a clear message. She had enough to deal with in her everyday life without spending precious free time with adolescent bores. Ryan ignored Sophie's intentions and caught her wrist, his fingers digging into the flesh. Don't leave. We were just getting to know each other, Mrs Smith. My next lecture is due to start. I have to go, Sophie said, twisting her wrist to release his grip. Liar. There are no lectures during the lunch period. Sit down, finish your curry and I promise not to hit on you. Deal? She stopped squirming and hesitated. Outside the rain slapped at the window and in all probability her rejection of him would only cause problems later. Sometimes it was just easier to ignore her anger. Ryan's toothy grin shone with victory. He released her wrist and held out his hand in apology. Let's start again. Ryan Cooper, trainee medical officer for Treatment Centre 269AZ5. Those few words cut through her. The Treatment Centre 269. He was the same guard from interview room four. She was sure of it. Sophie wondered if he had benefited from the hefty bribe. 
Doubtful, that was a perk of seniority. Ryan's expectant hand was hovering in the air, waiting for her to answer. She shook his hand and smiled back. Sophie. Sophie Smith. How do you do? I know your badge told me as much. She fizzed with questions, all at the tip of her tongue. What happens to all the DIAs? Where did they go? Why were so few released back to their families? It didn't make sense. But those questions would have to wait. It was time for friendliness and gaining his trust. I hear the treatment centres have some of the best facilities in the country. A bit ironic, really, she said, trying to sound nonchalant. Why? We all pay for insurance, and those that can't, or are DIAs, get the best facilities. Doesn't seem fair. Ryan nodded. Yeah, I hear that all the time. You see, there are two sides to the centre. The Albion one, which is good, I'll grant you that. Then there's the DIA side, which is completely separate. I'm training to be promoted so I can work on the wards with the DIAs. It's better pay, you see. Not too many like working with the DIAs. Dirty work, but hey, money is money, right? Well, we'd all like better pay. Too right, love. Why is it difficult? Sophie asked. Say again? Why is it dirty? Ah, oh, now, that's the thing. Ryan leant forward. We're not allowed to talk about our work. Adding in a proud whisper, it's top secret. Nothing impresses more than a secret never to be told. Sophie was well acquainted with the type, who'd happily divulge secrets if it furthered their personal path, in this case the seduction of a youngish nurse. Ryan took another bite of his burger. He was a messy eater. Some sauce had squeezed out of the bun and landed on his shirt. It looked like a splat of blood on his chest. He dunked his napkin in the glass of water and started to wipe the sauce away, while continuing his crude fishing attempt. So, Sophie Smith, are you in the rooms here? I'm in the Berriswood block. A damp red stain had spread across his white shirt. Sophie stifled a silent snigger lest he saw it as encouraging. No, I have family nearby. I'm staying with them. You're staying for the karaoke, though, at the bar. It's tonight. I'm not sure, to be honest. I'm quite tired and it's a long course. I may not. Sophie noticed an older woman from the morning seminar was waving at her and with some relief found her means to end the conversation. Sorry, I have to go. I promised to talk to my colleague over there. One drink in the bar. You can't come on these courses and not let your hair down just a bit. Sophie listened to the young man's pleas while she formulated a plan. She knew all the tricks. Years of watching her father courteously extract information from all types of political rivals had instructed her on the benefits of alcohol. Nothing loosened tongues quite like it. OK. The bar. Six o'clock.
Thank you for listening to this production of The Third Magpie. To support our work, please consider buying or gifting a digital copy of The Third Magpie from Amazon or post a review on Goodreads. Register at pageupbooks.co.uk to stay in touch with future projects. That's pageupbooks, P-G-U-P, like the key on your keyboard, pgupbooks.co.uk. Thank you.